poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, these are your hosts of Tactical Tuesday, Coach Brad Wilson and John Chai. John, how are we doing, sir? Uh, honestly, not not so good <laughs> these last few days. On a on a little bit of a, a downward spiral, of poker results wise. But uh, the really sad part about of of this spiral is that it's. Uh, almost completely self-inflicted and i really can't you know complain to the poker gods or whine about losing flips or getting set over set or anything like that so i don't know if that makes it better or worse i mean like it feels like there's a very clear way out of this given i just need to stop blowing myself up every once in a while um you know but on the flip side sometimes it's nice to just complain about negative variance when you're losing and i don't get to do that <laughs> yeah um Phase John, you know, Phase John out there in the, in the streets, just experimenting, trying new things. And I don't know whether or not this will make you feel better, but at least for your current phase, I, I can at least say I told you so um, before you even tried ah, the phase. You... Dude, that's what I was like. Now I feel great. <laughs> we did talk about this phase before it went. I, I wasn't I, in a good mood I, until yeah. just now. Now I'm now I'm. Mm. over yeah well you know that's that's why that's why you're the coach you, you live your own life you know <laughs> live live your own life make your own mistakes i i think yeah, yeah yeah we learn from our own mistakes much better than we would if somebody tells us not to do something and we never know so now you'll know and one of these days i hope that you're blessed with a student just like yourself who wants to go on phases and there's nothing you can say to talk them out of it. And you just like, you know, watching them drive to the edge of the cliff and there's nothing you can see. You just wave. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a, have a good just, journey, buddy. <laughs> I don't know how many times you can drive off a cliff, but I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've waved right. by like multiple times to whoever's, whoever's watching. Yeah. Good news is that you get an extra life. So you just click the rebuy button and you're back in back in the game. So no permanent damage, despite uh, I guess some some short term damage and probably some confidence and ego and pride damage. But you'll recover from that. Uh, get to reload and try it again. OK, yeah. OK, I, I'm not going to fall off the cliff this time. I, I know sure. what I did wrong. I, I, yeah. The cliff is inevitable. That's the, the cliff. <laughs> the cliff is inevitable. You're going to fall off of it. I'm going to fall off of it. We're all going to fall off the cliff. But such is life, right? Just try to not fall off it often. Oh, that's kind of the theme, actually, of uh, today's episode. It's a pretty good segue, is, is trying not to fall off the cliff as I bluff catch the river. Nice. I can only imagine the YouTube thumbnails that Patrick's going <laughs> to come up with based on this metaphor that just came on the fly. You want to... Break down the action. Sure. So we're playing four-handed, um, five ten online. Uh, I think this is 
all regs in the game. Um, the cutoff opens to 25. I three bet pocket jacks to 80. And the cutoff calls were about 150 big blinds effective to start the hand. So a little deeper than usual, but still nothing nothing that crazy. Cutoff calls, we got $175 in the pot. Really, really wet board. 10, 9, 8, two-tone. Cutoff starts with a check. And I think we already have a decision here about whether or not to see bet. And if we do want to see bet, what size? Well, I think you do want to bet this hand at a decent-ish frequency. What do you I, mean by like this hand? It sounds like you're there's some hands that you're saying you wouldn't see bet that are similar yeah, category. Yeah, probably not betting aces. I'm probably not betting kings. I would be more inclined to bet queens and jacks. Um, aces and kings just doesn't have as much equity as jacks does on this board. And they're, it's just going to be really difficult to play turns and rivers. Um, so jacks that blocks the straights and also has good equity against tens nines and eights i think is like just a totally reasonable hand to bet um you can also you know get check raised by like ace jack king jack of diamonds uh queen jack of diamonds villain does have in their range too which would be a very unfortunate combo for them to to show up with here but if they show up with one of the two queen jacks that remain then uh, i guess so be it right but i think like yeah i Jax, I think, has enough equity to bet, so I would bet. And probably sizing-wise, I think is another interesting question here. Um, so I think I if we bet the small size, we get check raised more. You agree with that? I don't know. Okay. I mean, that tends to be like the general trend of sizings. However, mm. I don't know if... I mean, you're either going to bet like a, you're you're going to bet thirty percent or fifty percent. I imagine. Um, I trend. I, I think I trend more towards using the bigger size here, but I, I wouldn't hate the smaller size either. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I do use the big size if I remember correctly. The cutoff checks, and then I see bet. Yep, exactly half like you predicted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, I was like saying the same thing that you were like, I was like, yeah, I got jacks. Like, you know, if there's an overpair, I'm going to bet on this board. It's probably going to be this one. Like, who cares if I get check raised? I got, you know, really comfortable hand to continue with. Uh, um, and then I got check raised. <laughs> and I was like, ah, okay, wait a second. I, I didn't actually want this. Like, <laughs> I mean, again, doesn't really matter what you want. This is what you got. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that just based on the thought before you bet the this just turns into like pretty easy bet call flop okay that was this was also another decision point that i wanted to ask you about is there is it always bet call is there any option here to bet jam and is that you know if maybe we were started at like 100 bigs would bet jam be more on the table than it is for you now um i mean i think starting at 100 bigs it's definitely more on the table than it is at 150 I think bet jam might be a reasonable thing, but I think this hand would not fall into the hand categories that would bet jam. Um, possibly like sets and uh, possibly like sets and then like your ace jack, king jack of diamond type hands. I think those are just better candidates. Really? Like not even like ace, you know, not even like all my nut diamonds just bet jamming here or i mean ace queen ace jack of diamonds i think are reasonable like the combo draws i like king queen of diamonds perhaps 
ace jack of diamonds i don't know about ace five of diamonds that just seems maybe it's okay like yeah i thought like one of the nice things about jacks is that like we you know even if they have tens nines and eights we still have our like our two set outs plus all our you know eight open ender outs and so like it's you know can't be like that awful even versus the top of their range that's not obviously that's not queen jack yeah. against queen jack whatever we're just you know i don't even really think about it um and then i assume that almost all the diamonds that check race here are are going to call a call off a jam maybe i mean it's probably a reasonable assumption given yeah. the price that they have and their just availability of like the combo draws like i said okay. i think most of them will probably call all in they can't really have the second nut flush without having a gut shot as well right. the nut flush probably always calls all in so yeah i think their diamonds do do call all in okay but at 150 bigs still probably too much to to put the whole stack in here yeah i would just play this this exact hand i think fits squarely into like my call range okay yeah that's what i do i call the 242 turn is a huge brick it's the five of hearts so the board right now is 10 9 8 5 with two diamonds there's 659 dollars in the middle i have about 2x pot behind uh cutoff has me covered Let's see what the cutoff does now after yeah. check raising flop so for the podcast listener 8 9 10 5 is the board 8 9 of diamonds john has jacks no diamond and the cutoff bets half pot so thoughts i don't think it's anything crazy i think the cutoff could use a variety of sizes here and with you know both value and the bluffs and you know i don't think half pot here really raises any eyebrows i don't think two-thirds or three-quarters would really raise any eyebrows maybe like a small size would because a small size wouldn't appear to be setting up for a jam on the river um mm -hmm. also just in general like his his range here is i assume polarized to sets and straights and you know the bottom end is is like flush draws and straight draws or combo draws um so anyways i mean this size maybe some like ace queen king queen of clubs or something sure like sure 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 gut shots yeah. yeah yeah um this size looks like it's setting up for stacks on the river i'm gonna have uh you know like a three quarters pot size bet left back once i call this um so yeah i, I don't know there's not not much for me to say i think facing nah. this half up just call i yep. don't, don't see anything else really on the table and the river is a good card. It's a pretty good card, I guess. Uh, so the river is a ten yeah, of that spades. That was me. That was me on the river. Yeah. Mm. Is, it, is it? Yay. Like, okay, let me think. Is this good or is this not good? Um, so the river is a ten of spades. So pairs the 10. 10, 10, 8, 9, 5 is the final board. Um, the 10 pairing the board reduces the amount of full houses that Villain has. I guess they only have like one combo of nine ten now. The nine ten of hearts. Mm -hmm. um, then they have one combo of tens, and then six combos of boats, eights and nines. Um, it does counterfeit eight nine, which yep. could be That's pretty nice. good. There's three three available combos of that that they have. I assume since they're probably just calling that. Um, they may four bet a little bit pre, but yeah, generally just calling. And they jam. So 
They jam. John has nine, 890 left, and there's 1315 in the pot. Yeah, it's not like a, this river specifically is one that I'm just never going to be able to fold with an overpair for all the reasons that you said. It's just this river doesn't complete any of their low equity hands, and on top of that, it reduces the number of their high equity value hands. Um, and so when both of those things are true, it's going to be pretty hard for me to find a fold on the river with my bluff catchers. Yeah, it's kind of interesting here. I what I find interesting here is that I actually think knowing you and looking at the spot that on this board, I, I don't think you're folding anything. Like I, I literally don't think you're folding one single hand. Correct me if I call I'm this wrong. river with Ace King of Diamonds. I think that you just jam the flop with Ace King of Diamonds. I I, uh, I don't know. I, I think that like yeah, yeah, your do. diamonds <laughs> are like your diamonds have sent it on an earlier node before we get to this point. So I don't think you actually have diamonds in your range. The only diamonds that you might have would be like Jack 10 or Queen 10 of Diamonds, or King 10 of Diamonds, or Ace 10 of Diamonds that just made trips and are certainly never folding. So hold on, hold on. Are you going to try to like come up with a hand that you fold? Can't do it. Yeah, I know you can't. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, John is squinting to see like, mm, <laughs> maybe if I look really hard there, no, there's no hand that you're folding. So yeah, uh, that's probably a pretty exploitable strat, but <laughs> hope that villain has enough fluffs in their range. I hope um, this guy doesn't watch Tactical Tuesday. Yeah, hope they don't. But I mean, you know, whatever hard to identify you they have the king and the queen um so they do have a bluff here king queen off uh pretty nice that they have king queen off in range i have to oh say. yeah I, I felt so i was like this is like this, I, I don't even care what the river is anymore if you have king queen off in this spot like board doesn't need to pair like yeah king queen off is a hand that makes you feel really good about not having any folds on the river I think. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. And what we mean by that is just that, like, you know, it's king queen off is, you know, of the check raises on the flop, it's probably one of the, uh, it's like one of the ones that's like slightly harder to see, right? It's not like a clean open ender or a flush draw or something like that, or it doesn't even have like gut shot plus backdoor, backdoor clubs, like a hand like king queen of clubs would. And if they're, you know, pulling bluffs from this deep down in the bag, then, you know, calling the river is, becomes significantly more trivial than it is versus someone who you know, only sees the obvious check raise bluffs on the flop. Yeah, yeah. Happy day. Happy day seeing the king queen off. Yeah. So, well done, John. You Whew, didn't drive off the cliff. Yeah, you let, let your opponent drive off the cliff and you're yeah. safe, like the roadrunner for <laughs> this first hand. And coming up after the break, we'll see if John is the roadrunner or the coyote. Stick around. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Preflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training 
over 60 optimal ranges and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. John, I wanted to ask you why you decided to invest in a preflop bootcamp. Everything that you had done with me to that point, or I had heard you do, had impressed me. I loved the podcast. I accidentally ended up in the poker power hour and loved that. And then I took coaching and then you recommended the boot camp. And at first I didn't think it was, you know, something that would be that valuable. But I was like, everything else has been amazing. So I signed up and then it just blew me away. And what about boot camp blew you away? Like it started off slow. Like I'm learning these ranges and I'm not even understanding what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, as I start to understand what we're doing with the three bets, the four bets, all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh my God, how do I not know this stuff? This is amazing. The more I studied them, I started to understand why they were constructed sometimes. Like I'd be like, that's why that's like that. And that would lead to more revelations and just a better understanding of poker in general. Do you have any interesting takeaways from your boot camp experience? The most interesting thing about the boot camp, it's a pre-flop boot camp, but I feel like it's done as much for my post game as it did for my pre-game just because I'm not in as many awkward and bad situations as I found myself in. You know, when we were doing coaching before the boot camp, we couldn't get through 10, 15 minutes of tape without finding mistake after mistake. And then once we did the boot camp, it solved problems on the back end as well. I know you've studied for a thousand hours this year. How do you think boot camp compares to your other poker study? Oh, it's crazy. The boot camp is probably the most important thing I've done all year out of everything. I would give anything to go back and to, to know that stuff 10 years ago. I can't imagine how successful I'd be right now if I had known that stuff. And I thought the boot camp was so valuable that I literally insisted you take more money from me and paid you more for the boot camp because I was blown away. I just thought the price was too cheap. And it's changed my game in ways that I, I can't even explain to you. If you'd like to join the next round of Preflop Bootcamp, which starts on the last Saturday of every month, head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp to lock up your spot. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. All right. Welcome back from the break. Now we have hand number two. What was today's theme? I, I forget. I have all these thoughts of trying not to trying to stay on the cliff while uh, uh, while bluff catching. Okay, so got it. So giving them the little the euro step. <laughs> this this one, yeah, this one has has a euro step. <laughs> Surprised you even know that word for someone who doesn't watch a lot of basketball. Yeah, I watched a clip of a football player and they said that the football player Eurostepped the defender and then I googled what Eurostep was. So I'm I went down the Eurostep rabbit hole and now I know. Uh, uh, where does this hand come from? 
it comes from the live streets. This actually happened last night. Um, so it's very, very fresh. Uh, playing in a 51020 uncapped somewhere on the strip in Vegas. Um, it's a big, big UFC fight last night. So wandered down there hoping that the games would be good. They were not. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Yeah. Everyone was at the fight. You live and you learn, right? I guess next time Johnny Bones Jones gets in there, you'll stay home. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I'm sure that's what everyone who bought tickets to that fight also. So we'll say. Hey, I, I think uh, I think Bones trains out of Las Vegas, so they're probably pretty happy there for him. He hasn't fought in three years. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New heavyweight champion of the world, and. Almost certainly the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, which, yeah. Anyway, we'll save that story for a different podcast and a different day. Uh, new format for chasing poker greatness, uh, chasing MMA greatness, I guess. Let's break down this hand that you played against. We need of diamonds. I'm on the button. It's bunch a bunch of rags somewhere on the strip in yeah. a bad game. It's... Queen of Diamonds on the button in a 5-10-20 with three blinds. I open to 60. Small blind folds. Big blind three bets to 200. Straddle folds. This is a small three bet. Not only just like, I mean, we're we're uh, about 200 big blinds effective. I have roughly $4,000 in my stack. This was like not only a small three bet, just like given this formation, I would have expected him to go you know, maybe like a touch bigger, but this is also small for this player specifically. I'd seen him three bet out of position a handful of times before this, and they were all bigger than this. Um, not exactly sure how to read into that. That's live poker. Maybe he just, I don't know, forgot to grab 40 extra dollars or 50 extra dollars or something like that. And stringing the fish along. <laughs> maybe that's, yeah. yeah. Got a three bet small, keep the fish in there with the queen eight of diamonds, <laughs> and he gets his wish. Yeah, uh, I would him. normally fold this him. facing a normal size three bet, uh, at least at 100 bigs. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, by the way, the graphic says four bet, but there was actually a straddle that I assume John put in there hmm. as, the, as the two bet. So that's why. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That. Uh, so John calls and wow, a doozy of a flop. Eight, six deuce, rainbow, one diamond. So you flop top pair, third kicker. 425 in the pot, and I'm going to assume that the villain bets probably half pot would be my guess, and they bet half pot. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, I, I guess like a little bit more background on the, on this villain. Maybe it'll come in handy somewhere down somewhere down the line in his hand or not. He's a live pro, but I don't think he like I would never categorize him as like I would never even be suspicious that he was like an online reg just based on sizes and stuff like that so take that for what it's worth so you're saying you would assume that he does not play online, online yeah okay yeah understood understood yeah and for example like the guy in between us i was like very sure this guy plays online i wanted to like just turn and ask him like hey what site do you play on <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you player three or player four yeah um so you call turns an overcard jack of spades there's 865 in the pot after villain bet half pot on the flop and you call you have 3580 behind villain has 3580 as well and they check the turn 
It's nice. Was, that is nice. Did not want to face a bet on a turn that was not a diamond or an eight or a queen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming that for you, this is sort of just like a no-brainer checkback. That's how it felt for me. I don't know if there's any uh, merit to talking about like betting this turn to check back the river. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, so I don't really think it's great in this spot. I, I would just check behind and play rivers accordingly. Yep, that's what happens. River accordingly is the Ace of Diamonds, which has got to be a card you're not loving. I did not love this river. Yeah. I don't think you should love this river. And Villain bets 310 into... It's like this weird size. 65. Like... Yeah. What is that? Not a third, not half, but... <laughs> 42% or so. I don't know if I've ever seen 42% on the river. <laughs> um, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I turn a pair into a bluff. No shit. That's the least surprising thing I've heard today. <laughs> I, so I think you're going to raise big. I didn't even know what size to raise. I was yeah. like, usually I'm, I have a hundred big blinds and things are a little easier. Mm-hmm. I'd probably just jam, you know, if I was going to bluff raise this spot. <clears throat> Jamming seems like a lot of money or a lot of big blinds. And, and this is like, honestly, it's like indicative of just like the probably the most common problem that I have playing live poker is that like, oh, I'm like 300 or 400 or 500 or six bli- 600 big blinds effective. Like what? What do I do now? I, I'm almost never like more than, you know, 200 or maybe 300, you know, if things are going really well online. So mm-hmm. I'm quite unsure, John. This is kind of a unique spot, as you said. Uh, small sizing, you have third pair. Uh, my gut instinct says you're not, you're not going to win much if you call, uh, but I'm also quite nervous about raising as well um so my opinion on the hand yeah i don't think i would raise because especially because you said that the guy probably doesn't play much online um i mean it just seems like you have so many different available bluffs and you're trying to fold out like ace king yeah that just seems like quite a like it just seems difficult facing your average live player um who's going to believe that like you bet every set that you have on the turn and maybe you do bet every set that you have on the turn as well so like you're really repping like ace 8 ace 6 ace, six, ace, ace deuce. deuce yeah like those are really the three two pair hands that you're repping i don't even know like if those hands rip like I Which don't think put, those hands would rip. Yeah, they I don't need think to get so caught by ace-king, ace-queen. I mean, um, but I mean, like, from the same token, right? If, if you shouldn't rip those hands because you think ace-king's not going to call, then ripping with an of, eight. Hmm? I don't know. I think, like, one of the things that I feel pretty strongly about playing live poker is that river raises are effective because they don't happen as frequently as they do online. And as a result of that, live regs especially don't get as many reps facing river raises. Um, So I thought this was a spot where like, 
In that case, then I think like just send it, I guess. Just send it. I mean, what what are you gonna do? Like, I thought he was. I thought this was a spot where like this guy's just capped to like ace x one pair of hands, like ace king, ace queen, sure. ace ten. You think sixteen hundred's getting the job done? I don't know about sixteen hundred, but I just thought that like they would freeze up versus a river raise and like really just massively overfold, thinking that like I, you know, I must just have like ace eight, ace six, ace deuce, and you know, just using the logic of like, well, I don't get raised on the river very often. That must mean that like they're you know when it does happen, it's probably with like a you know tighter range or it's under bluffed. Um, yeah, and I'm just gonna fold like one pair of bluff catchers. It's so weird raising to like twenty six hundred and leaving yourself back like nine hundred. Yeah, it, like, that's like that's, another like. Yeah, it's also like physically hard to do that when that you know you have like you only have like two stacks of chips, but you don't even have like two stacks. It's like you have like eight yeah. chips back or something when you raise. Yeah, I don't know about this one. Um, I assume you do it. But I do do it. You, you you do do it because you, I didn't know whether you, to do it. Do. I didn't know what size to do it, but I did it. <sighs> I may just fold the river. Ooh. Uh, I didn't even think about folding. Calling calling is reasonable too. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure what I would do. I think um I, I just think like this sizing is kind of indicative of like like I think villains using this size with a lot of their ASEX hands. Like yeah, they're I they're agree. doing it for like it's a value size for whatever reason. I mean, they could have Kings or Queens and try to be like eking out some thin value with those type of hands targeting, you know, your like eights or pocket pairs or six X or whatever. Like maybe they have King Jack or Queen Jack or Jack 10 that they could be betting small with as well, trying to eke out thin value. Um, but I just think that this specific size is yeah. Indicative that they're right. They probably want to get called. Yeah. Had they gone like three quarters, we could be like, yeah, they probably have like enough king, you know, they probably have some like king queen and king 10 and, you know, hands yeah, like that. Very that, happy that about calling the more polarized size, correct, the, correct. The, the big bet. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I guess we'll see how things go. I wouldn't do it, but, you know, John is John. Ooh, we got it through. Yeah, we got the I tank think. fold on the river. Tank yeah. fold, 1840. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Good for you. I grabbed eighteen hundred, and then I just grabbed like an indiscriminate number of ten dollars chips. And like, put the four in. Yeah, but then I was like, ah, this feels like it needs needs a little bit more on top. Like, very good, very good, John. No, I don't know if it's very good or you know. No Wiley Coyote today. Slide stepped it. Euro stepped it. However Euro you want to say. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh maybe um, we should we should incorporate Euro step maybe into our uh, into our poker. Poker glossary somehow. I feel like there's there could definitely be some cool ways to use that word. I'll leave you in charge of <laughs> implementing Eurostep into our our language. Good show today, though. Officially, one tactical Tuesday without incident. Congratulations. Yeah, as much as I tried here. Anybody you want to thank? Uh, well, no, not really. I'm <laughs> just gonna take all the credit for, for finding this cool river raise and. Uh, Hearing it off with Jackson the last hand. Well done, well done, John. I don't get to put the blame on anyone when I drive off the cliff. I, I feel like I should at least get get the credit. Yeah, get the credit when I don't, or when the you know when I try it, it doesn't work. Yeah, you should just be like Michael Scott. You know, I would like one hundred percent of the credit and none of the blame. That's 
how it goes. I got nothing left. Good show. Yeah, that's it for me. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.